Hey, I'm Todd Brown, and I make these videos because I want you to rip on race day. My first interview on our podcast. Amazing. I feel honored. <laughs> you as as do I. <laughs> um, so I got this in the mail yesterday. Yeah. From yeah. Wax Research. And just as a, a little bit of background for people, I had this funny. sticky bumps wrapped in um in plastic in my uh -huh. backpack from my last trip to Mexico surfing <laughs> with Susie and and I thought oh this will be perfect so tell us a little bit about wax research and this product and what we're going to find in here yeah so um my dad John Dahl started it in 71 and you know he was a surfer grew up in La Jolla surfed wind and sea all the time um had a really strong work ethic and but also loved the surf lifestyle so he started producing wax just kind of as a, a a way to live that lifestyle and then when he met my mom my mom had greater ambitions and you know really scaled up the company and that kind of came in the form of like let's buy a building and you know and then well let's figure out how to pay for this building and you know and as that evolved um, they developed sticky bumps in the 80s and sticky bumps was just an instant hit. The funny thing was, is my dad, um, he's not real detailed on note taking and he, he didn't remember how he made it. So it took this, it took a few months for him to kind of recreate the, the sample bars. Um, but yeah, once sticky bumps hit, uh, the business really grew quickly. And shortly after that, in the nineties, we started a brand called Wend which is our way of diversifying the wax manufacturing business. You know, we didn't want to have all our eggs in the surf industry. And so we're all avid skiers. We're avid cyclists, surfers, you know, a Southern California lifestyle business. And so the skiing side of things uh, really took off and that, um, that required more sophistication, bringing in chemists and really understanding like, you know, what friction reducers, are available, how we can really get this ski wax, you know, to a world-class level. And eventually we discovered a plant-based derivative, uh, it's called meadow seed oil. Um, it's a transitional crop in Oregon and it produces this really amazing oil. It's like it's a, it's a slippery, it's really slippery oil. And we, we, started using that in our snow wax as a way to get around using Teflon polythoral, um, which is like, it's a, I don't know if you're not aware, it's a, it's a pretty nasty chemical. Um, it's a forever chemical. It ends up in groundwater, you know, a lot, a lot of the competing, competing ski wax companies use it in their, in their snow waxes. And, you know, they start, it, it, it contaminates the snow and then it contaminates the runoff and, you know, then there's trace amounts in the drinking water. So it's like, it's something that has been an ongoing issue in the ski industry. So we, anyways, we found a, a way around that with this metafoam seed oil and the results were amazing. Like it was performing as well as these really um, toxic race ski waxes. And so we took that as our angle yeah. and when continued to develop um, and me being a lifelong cyclist and my dad as well, like I thought it would, you know, like I've always been frustrated with chain lubrication. It's like we all have uh, all the black rags in our garage, or we did. You know, the chains, like you, you, you put on your tri-flow, you go for a ride, the things 
black like in in a couple minutes and 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 the oil based yeah and cake and the oil based lubrications are just like they're messy and they're you know on a molecular structure on a molecular level um you know the the natures of oils like the lubrication process like it creates carbon atoms so like you can have like this controlled environment where the the chain is like pristinely clean no no contaminants you put the oil on it you start to run it and a byproduct of that process is like it turns black like there's it's a, it creates a carbon element during the shearing process turning black is it uh, is it it's, burning no it's not burning so from my understanding when the oil lubricates it shears the molecule and the byproduct of that molecule shearing is a carbon element and the carbon element is black and so okay. it's just yeah it's it's just a you know, you cannot get around it with an oil-based lubricant. Right. And so we, you know, we deal in so much waxes and we were starting to have all this technology on friction reducing. So we applied that into the cycling industry and created a chain lubricant that was unique um, because of the application process. So what year was that? That was 2015. Okay. around that around that area yeah and and we just came out with um was that you know, the the wax the like the actual paste it was that we had it was a, a yeah exactly applicator exactly yeah so ideally you 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 hot your chain you know you, mm -hmm. you have this blend of paraffins and friction reducers reducers take your chain off you put it in a molten batch of hot wax you pull it out you drain it or you, you let it drip dry and that's like a really efficient lubricant. Like that's people have been doing that for years. And there's variations on that formula where you add different things like lithium or you know Teflon. And so to get around that, I tried to or I, I developed a paste version of it, you know, and, and we did our testing and it if you actually applied it and and you know massaged it into the chain, it yeah. penetrated in the rollers and it worked really good. Like it was actually like a really great lubricant um the problem was if you added too much it would build up on the pulleys and it kind of it, it'd be a little messy you know it, it might shed if you're doing indoor trainer it might shed on the ground right. still a great lubricant you know and so um eventually it came we, in all these cool colors too yeah that was really that was so once we created this paste wax um you we we came out with variations of it you know, and that was in 2017 or 18, 2018. And it's essentially like we put Dago color into this formula and, um, it was really cool. Like, yeah, it was, it was the shock and awe. It hit, it checked all the boxes as far as, you know, for social media, Yeah, you know, you, you basically rub this crayon colored or Dago colored wax on your chain, your chain turns bright pink or bright yellow. Right. Um, you know, and like, it was, exciting and new and people were like what is, oh my god this is incre incredible like why is this guy rubbing deodorant on his chain and his chain's purple it's like and like our the view count through social went you know from like a thousand to five hundred thousand views you know it, it was like it went viral There's, it was cool and, i i used it on my scott and i used the kind of lime green color that matched my graphics and yeah it was and yeah for sure it, it you know and it, it you know we were hoping it would have a bit longer legs in a few years but eventually like the fat were off and people wanted to get the color off their chain and they just wanted a good quality lubricant. And so we pivoted and, and started working on our liquid lubricants. And this is generation 
two. The first one was um, was a a non petroleum emulsified wax. Um, but since then, we've we've discovered uh, better friction reducers because, as I mentioned before, the snow industry is pivoting from from use from using Teflons. Right. And so there's been a lot of energy and resources in the industry developing non-toxic friction reducers, you know, in the, in the ways of ceramics, nano ceramics. In the, like in market size, is snow way bigger than cycling? I wouldn't say that. I think and, and not in terms of like how much product you might move, but it's just like the resources that they can aim at developing uh, friction reducing. I think it's, I think it's probably fairly similar. It, it seems like the the technology on the snow side of wax um, is, is higher. There, there's a lot more money invested. There's a lot more science behind backing it. Um, there's, they don't have you know, motors, right? They they don't they have, don't have motors. They can. I mean, they can move their arms if it's cross country, but or yeah. back country, but um, they, yeah, they you're really limited. The gliding. Yeah, that's that's kind of the one very like one of the main variables in in downhill alpine racing is you know you, you oh. can texture your bases you, the base materials are fairly all similar you can you know change the bevel on your edges it's different skis but ultimately it's like every world-class skier has a, a wax technician yeah. and that wax, te wax technician has his his black book of all of his different formulas for like, all the different like, ski conditions like Schifrin has her own wax technician yeah Oh, that's gnarly. Can you imagine yeah. your own technician for your chain? No, it, it's you, same, you same level, a, right? Yeah. If you go to a World Cup ski race, it's like they have a wax room and that's where, you know, like these technicians are all working on their athlete skis. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Like these guys are like true artists slash chemists slash, you know, yeah, a little bit of voodoo in there. Like it's, 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 it's all of it, you know, where they, you know, and, and the skier, it's, it's not, you know, it is actual science. These guys are, are yeah. you know, they, they have the ability to know what's, what's in the waxes, how they perform in certain snow conditions, you know, and it might be like, we're going to take, you know, A, B, and C and use 25% of A, 30% of B and the rest on C. And then we're going to like layer it in structure. And at the very end, we'll put some like super micro nano ceramic powder on top is kind of like to get out of the start gates. And it's, um yeah, it's a, it's a, a really complicated industry as far as the ski side of the scene ski oh. side of things where so breakthroughs come from combining like i have this whole other industry that i can lean into and bring into what i know over here right so it's really exactly. cool that you can do that with wind yeah and that's you know that's been a really big benefit of having the ski brand ski wax it it forces us to to uncover new ways and yeah. you know it, it 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 really benefited the cycling lubrication the, the cycling lubricants you know where we're pulling that that nano ceramic technology and then testing it in our chain test system and and it's like the results are as far as efficiency they're amazing you know and then yeah. result then so moving on to um earlier last year we we came out with our latest version of our liquid lube which it comes in three different formulation formulations. It's um, you know, a dry, a wet, and an e-duro. And it's 
petroleum free. I'm sorry, it's solvent free. So it's, you know, so what which is a mean? big deal. So, you know, if you have a paraffin based liquid um, and you add a solvent to it, the solvent will counteract the lubrication process properties. So imagine, you know, like if you have wax, the best way to clean wax is using either like a citrus solvent or a, a odorless mineral solvent. It just, it really breaks down the wax, you know, but it also, um, you can also su suspend wax in solvent. So historically people have used solvent to suspend their paraffin blends into a liquid. Okay. You know, that's how you make paste waxes as well. You, you, you take a paraffin and you add solvents until it, you know, gets into a paste consistency. And then eventually the solvents evaporate and you're left with the wax residue. Um, okay. but in a, in a chain lubricant, um, the solvent counter acts the lubrication properties of the wax. So if you think about it, you know, like you don't want solvent in your wax based lubricants. Do it's other wax manufacturers for chains use solvents or is this, is this, I what can't speak be? for their formulas. I can't, okay. I, I can't, but yeah, from my, from my observation, there are, yeah, there are. And the ideal way to suspend your wax is in water. Okay. If you can suspend it, you know, and that's like mixing oil and water. So the way that you do that is it's called emulsifying. And that's, you know, think of, think of mayonnaise or salad dressing. It's like, how do you blend oil and water together? It's, it's not easy. And, but yeah. we were, we've, we've been able to refine our emulsion, emulsion process and, you know, create this water-based lubricant that goes on fairly thin. I don't, I don't I'm sure you use the formula. It's surprisingly thin. So yeah, but, that's one of the first things I noticed. Not only is it um, not much thicker than water, yeah, if if at all, um, but it's very consistent. Where your first formula, um, it wasn't. It seemed like it'd be um, a little bit runny, and maybe I just wasn't shaking it up right, or who knows what I was. <laughs> I was probably doing it wrong, but yeah, this for sure is is. Um, it's amazing. Like I just hit one drop on the link and it just goes. Yeah. And that's by design. Yeah. Like ultimately you want full penetration. You want the, you want the lubricant to, you know, suck into the rollers of the chain. Right. And so with the new formula, like a little goes a long way. You basically just like, you know, hit each roller, you know, carefully so you don't waste any product. Right. And then, let it sit and and it, it dries fairly quickly and then you're left with this you know completely dry chain that has a has a really smooth feel to it and that's because it's coated in wax. So um, let me just pause you there because I tend to over lubricate. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the application. Um. And maybe we can link to some videos after this. But I'm hitting on the bottom side, so the chains down below. I'm hitting the top of each link as it goes through and sometimes I'll hit the other side. Is that other side necessary? It's not, not with this new formula. You, okay. you really just need to hit it from one side and it's so thin. It'll, it'll, you know, it'll, it does seem to suck around, sides. but I, like I yeah. say, I just, <laughs> yeah. And, and I've, you know, you, you kind of feel like more is better if you're doing a big ride, right? You like, right. you want to load it up, not necessary. You can actually like hit every roller, you know, I actually just spin the chain and like have the the uh, the nozzle barely open, so it doesn't 
you know, squirt all over the place. Right. And, you know, I just run it through a couple of times. And if, if the chain starts dripping, I grab a rag and I, I run it through the rag and I wipe it. And, you know, you, you okay. think that's going to like take everything away, but it, it actually leaves plenty in the rollers okay. and it has proper, it has proper penetration and saturation at that point. Okay. Great. Yeah. And then I'm sure you'll, you'll notice that being a dry lubricant, you know, it doesn't attract dirt. That's the big, that's the main benefit it's as amazing. well. Yeah. So if, if you're, you know, if you're riding in dusty, pumice, sandy, uh, an oil, a wet lubricant, an oil-based lubricant um, will attract those, you know, it'll attract sand, it'll, it'll attract contaminants. It sticks to the, to the, to the wet. Mm -hmm. uh, and what that does is it turns into like a polishing compound or, you know, and, and, you know, it, it pulls those contaminants into the chain and it wears out your, your drivetrain. Like it wears it out so much quicker than if you have a dry lubricant, like wax, you know, nothing is sticking to it. It's it, right. like the sand hits it and falls off. And so you, you, it's only, you know, the wax is coated on your chain, on your pulleys, on your, your chain ring and everything's everything last if it's if you continue to maintain the location um everything lasts like significantly longer than an oil-based lubricant and you, you can see just simply in like the 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 easiest way to to witness this is, is if you have like anodized chain rings black anodized chain rings and you commit to using the when liquid lube you'll be astonished at how long that chain ring stays black you know it'll if you ride in you know extreme in conditions the the anodizing doesn't wear off whereas if right so i was gonna it, say like we're not talking about the black residue left over from your oil you right no it's, <laughs> this is because it's anodized black yes yeah and if you use a an oil lubricant and you do one big ride you know you come back in your chain rings you know the anodizing is worn off and you can see like you can actually see the the wear before right. your eyes you know so yeah interesting okay cool um so. so what's the difference between each compound other than their names it's, it's, and their colors yeah it's a blend so you know if you if the e-duro is is the the stoutest formula and so there's different there's different ingredients which make it a little tackier um the tackier it gets the less clean it might be because it you know it but the also it's a balance because if it's if it's a completely dry formula um, it's super fast, really clean, but the longevity drops a bit. So our dry formula is, you know, it has the least amount of tack. The wet formula has more of a attack in it to, to help it carry through wet conditions. And then the e-duro is kind of like the, the most robust formula, which will, you know, it's meant for e-bikes or enduro. It's kind of like a play on both words, but they both, they all three have the ceramic form, uh, friction reducers added, in, added into it. Um, and yeah. I want to get to that before we do though, because this is, I, I this is, um, do we like? Let's say I'm running the gold, the driest, because the conditions are perfect. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna rain tomorrow. It's time for me to relube anyways. Do I need to strip that chain before I put on the wet? No, or? they all they all communicate really well with each other. Okay. You know, and that's because they're all water based emulsions. Um. You'd never want to mix a solvent with any of these, you know, so you basically, you know, you don't, don't use a solvent to clean your chain. Um, what if you, once you, soap and water, okay. Like the soap, soap and water works amazing. I use, oh, honestly, um, yeah, I just use warm water and then 
tied in my in my watch buckets. Really? Okay. Yeah, and it, it it leaves you know it it, it um yeah that, that I don't know I, I have my little quirks about how clean how I clean bikes I use pledge for shine and I use tide. Yeah, cleaning. let's be and, clear. Ryan <laughs> is a top level racer, um, and uh, we can talk about our history. Uh, that I found, I found that historical video a while back, but Ryan is at the top of, of the top of the game um, for mountain bike racing um, in these parts for sure. So um, like, and the reason I bring that up is because when you're at the top of the game, you don't leave anything to chance. Um, yeah. And like I've, I, and I'm cleanliness not, is part of that. I'm not, um, I've been racing since I was 12. I'm 46 now. I, I don't have a big VO2 motor. I'm very good at wringing everything I can out of my body and my equipment. And that's, you know, I think the, that's the nature of racing, right? Like you, you yeah. do your, your Tuesday, Thursday group rides, you know, you, you have a, you, you put in a chain ring or chain on your bike and you, you make up a few places on the top of the climb and like you actually can quantify these, these marginal gains and that's the way I live my life as well. It's like, and so when I, when we're able to offer something that you can quantify on your group rides or in your races and really feel the difference, like it makes me excited. And that's, and that's kind of how, you know, I live my life in, in, in regards to cycling. I love tinkering and I love figuring out how to make my bike faster yeah. um, and, and trying to kind of like figure out um, ways to improve. Yeah. As a cyclist. Awesome. Well, I got us a little bit sidetracked there, but uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'll rewind. I was asking, do they play nice together? You said, yes, we don't need to, to do anything. Yeah. That's, that's the, the, you know, it, it's a pleasant side effect is how clean everything remains. You know, the it's, yeah. it's not particularly designed just to be a clean lubricant. Um, it was designed to be a, a efficient and, and fast and easy to apply lubricant. But yeah, your drivetrain, it remains incredibly clean. Like I, I don't have to specifically target my drivetrain and clean it. I just wash my bike, drivetrain sparkling clean. It's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so from there, I guess we should probably talk a little bit about um, chains, I guess, themselves. Like, are you changing your chains often are you letting them go a long time yeah no they they've been lasting two seasons uh you know and I, that's going to be depending on, on one chain yeah that's going to be depending on environment and you sure. know i you know i did yeah it i did do a grasshopper three weeks ago um and it was it was those conditions that are once a lifetime where it was snow and mud and it was it was five hours of just like you know, mud and there's no, there's no lubricant in the world that's going to last for five hours when you're completely getting muddy. And that one, that one ride destroyed everything, you know, like my chain was shot. Um, so that's the biggest takeaway is like your chain has to have product in it to, to maintain its, its longevity. And if you're, if you're on top of your maintenance, um, and sound is usually what I tell people to use, use as a rule of thumb. If your chain starts getting noisy, it's time to lubricate it. You know, if you're doing a big ride, lubricate that chain the night before and, and make sure that it's loaded up with wax. And, and if you, if you maintain it properly, like 
I had gone two two seasons with, you know, I had measured the change stretch every month and like, there's no wear, you know, there's virtually no wear on my drivetrain if I upkeep the wax. Is that because, why is that? I guess that's a better way to say it. Well, I think, you know, it's the, it's the beauties of paraffin. It's the lubricity of the ceramics. It's, you know, like if you, if your chain is properly lubricated, there's, there's virtually no wear happening. You know, the, the, I think the real damage happens when you, you run it dry, it starts squeaking. Like that's, if you hear that squeak, that's damage happening. That's metal on metal. You know, it quit, you know, gotcha. whatever you, you know, however good you were prior to that, you just damaged your chain. Those, those surfaces are galled. Um, so you never really want to, uh, you never want to let your chain run dry, you know, in a perfect world. You, you always want to make sure that you're staying on top of lubricating. Um, let's dive a little bit in. Is there a chain that you love? Yeah. I mean, um, I, it depends like for mountain biking. I love the SRAM. I love the, the race secrets that he doesn't want to give away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, the, the Durace chains are, are by nature, the fastest chains that we've, okay. we've found out um, the SRAM flat tops are the worst and the, um, for mountain biking, the, the Eagle XX1 chains have are, work best with the wax. So oh, yeah, it's just, it just kind of, you know, it, it depends on which bike and discipline you're, you're into, but yeah, Shimano Duris has the best technology and it works, it communicates best with our wax. And then on the dirt That's side- That's on the roadside? On the roadside, yeah. And then on the dirt side, the, the SRAM uh, 12 speed Eagle chain works amazing amazing yeah. okay that's um that's 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 wonderful or is that from your personal testing is that independent lab testing is that that's personal that's we have uh we have a lab at wax research where we produce our own data but because it's not a third party we can't publish it you know but in our in-house testing yeah that's that's been our findings i think and it correlate it, it correlates with other things that we've read from other companies as well yeah okay Awesome. Uh, I, I would back that up. I did a, did a little bit of research before this. <laughs> um, uh, so just to familiarize myself, because I um, I just won't just grab my bike and go. I've definitely come home with a squeaky chain. I should have looped the night before. Um, yeah. So I guess um, in terms of the night before, what is the time limit that you want to hit your chain with a new coat of wax before heading? Yeah. It, it's you can ride it wet it will work fine it, it lasts longest if you let it dry so you know if it's normal temperatures you know 60 to 70 degrees it'll dry within 10 minutes you can touch it um it's funny too because you'll when you apply the the wax to your chain and let it dry your chain's pretty stiff i don't know if you if you've mm -hmm. experienced that and that's yeah, just yeah. like the par uh, the paraffin dang. has penetrated it yeah and like you backpedal the chain's almost like solid because the wax is set up right. that's great you know it, it'll take a couple of minutes for it to break in and, and kind of break all that, those wax bonds free, you know, and from that point forward, the chain's amazing. But personally, I, I'll come back after a ride and I'll hit the chain, you know, it takes, takes maybe 20 seconds. It, you know, you just, you know, however long it takes to do two Don't rotations. After the every ride. Yeah. And there's no reason not to, because I don't like, who knows what tomorrow might bring, you know, right. what if, uh, 
yeah, what if your buddy calls and wants to do a five hour ride and, you know, you hop on your bike and it's ready to go. So there's no reason not to just kind of institutionalize that process where you come back home, get your chain, hang your bike up and it's ready to go for the next time. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to cover on the product? Cause I have a couple of other questions. I just, I mean, I, I, it's, it's a boring looking product. It's just, it's white and it's wet and it's, but it's amazing. And I think by nature, the more people who that use it will understand it's, it's brilliance and they'll, they'll spread by word of mouth. And I think I, I saw that with you, you know, like I, I sent you a sample bottle oh, yeah. and, and you and it took, it took a week, I think before you actually used it. And then you're like, this stuff's amazing. Like I, I spent all day on my gravel bike. It was amazing. Yeah. I really like appreciate the, the nuances of this formula. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk a little bit. Um, Cause this just remind so I, you know, I love marketing. Like I, I'm in it every day. I, that's what I do for pedal industries. And the, I've, we've had a discussion on this before, but let's talk about the pricing. Um, so where's this come in price point wise? It, it's, it's about $15 a bottle. Okay. Um, and if you use it, it'll last the, uh, an avid cyclist, you know, a month or two, you know, depending on how many hours you ride a week or how many applications you use. So it's, it goes, you know, it's got, it's, it's, you know, I think I feel it's priced fairly. Yeah. So uh, that's where we've had a discussion, right? I, when I got the wax, I don't know if you remember this, but I tell yeah, you, you're like, why are you charging? You should charge said, more. I'm like, <laughs> you have to charge more because people won't believe that it's yeah. good. And the yeah, reason for yeah. that is I had drifted away from your paste wax and tried some of the more expensive brands, which, and we're talking $50 a bottle for mm. a similar size. And, you know, when, when you pay a lot for something, you tend to believe that, that there's a placebo effect there, like it or not. And so I'm not saying to raise your price, <laughs> but I just wanted to bring that up for people. One, it's very fairly priced, I think. Shockingly, mm. honestly. And don't be deceived by thinking, oh, I've got to pay way more. It's the same thing with the chain thing that you just talked about. Like some chains are do justify the price. Some do not. They're just the performance isn't there. Yeah. Um, and, and I can I can back that up a bit with some some data from wax research. You know, we we produce a lot of surf wax, snow wax. We buy we buy 200,000 pounds of paraffin annually. So we have, we have buying power, you know, and yeah. I think a lot of these other companies don't, you know, they pay higher prices per pound for their products. And there's the placebo effect too, you know, and, and this market, this category is, is you know, getting saturated. There's quite a lot of new wax-based lubricants out there, mm -hmm. but we feel that, you know, we have a unique blend, we have unique ingredients and we have buying power and, you know, we're not a big marketing company, so it was a way to kind of um, price it fairly, you know, and maybe it is underpriced slightly, but that was going to allow us to get the market penetration, you know, and, and really get the word of mouth out there, you know, so that was, that was the, the reason behind that. But yeah, I'll take your, uh, you know, after this meeting, I'll maybe I'll log into the website and double the price. If you're just watching this video, we just launched it, <laughs> load up. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> um, so this is a lifestyle business, right? Out of your dad's passion for surfing, he creates a product that will allow him to just spend more time in the water and cover his rent 
your yeah. mom comes in with this, you know, we might have something here. <laughs> and and here you are in a garage in a beautiful part of the country, some beautiful jewelry hanging behind you. Um, what is your function at Wax Research at this at this time? I mean, my official title is CEO. Um, I I handle all the buying, I handle the financials, I do the budgeting. So anything dealing with, you know, the the overall profitability of the company crosses, you know, my desk. And and I, I talk to my parents every day. They still they still love working. They come to work. My my dad's still formulating, you know, he's he's a he's he's always he's he will always be a bench a bench chemist, just looking for new ways and creative ways to make faster wax, whether it's snow, bike, or stickier wax and surfing. But yeah, so um, we've we've really encompassed that Southern California lifestyle where you're not just the surfer, you're not just the biker, you're all of it. You you know, we grew up riding motocross, and and then on the weekends we'd go to to Mammoth and go ski, and then you know, in between we're cycling because the community is so strong down there, and right. you know, it's just like just active people who appreciate the outdoors and i think that's kind of um you know that probably fits within your your wheelhouse wheelhouse too and like that's that's kind of the lifestyle that we've we've all um you know wanted to focus on and and wax research has really enabled our family to to live that way and yeah so yeah it's a southern california is very unique in the act in terms of uh it's like the Silicon Valley of action sports. Yeah. Um, you know, I just learned that I think he wants to keep it on the download, but there are, there are multiple supercross stars that live here in Southern California. They keep it on the download oh, based out of Colorado, but you can actually see them out here riding on the trails on the motocross side and, and the surf side and, and the cycling side, if you just look at what's happening. So that part's exciting. It's fun to have a lifestyle business, of course. Yeah. Um, you've been super gracious with your time. Um, I will put the video. I did was going through old videos. My wife uploaded our old family videos, and there's a video of me racing in Carlsbad, and this young punk beats beats us all, named Ryan Dahl. And I was like, that can't be Ryan. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I sent you the video. I was in my 30s at the time. I think I had one child and um so well we we go back longer than we thought we did yeah um, yeah that was that was amazing to see an old an old uh circuit race video back in the day and Ralph's still out there announcing all these races in Southern California yeah he is small world his little trailers it's a great yeah. thing all right dude it's super good to see you when are you coming down next I'll be down in a couple of weeks yeah yep. okay so are you gonna hit thug ride I have always, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to be at Sea Otter, by the way? I will. Yeah, I'm going to race the the XC race, just just the mountain bike race this year. Not the Fuego, the the long one for the Leadville qualifier, or the. I'm not going to do the long one. Um, my wife Echo is going to do the XL, which okay. is super gnarly. We're both qualified for Leadville, so we'll be we'll be there this year. Okay. Um, yeah, after a few years of deferring due to all the different yeah. COVID things, but yeah. yeah, we'll be at Leadville. Yeah. Awesome. All right. How well, about you? Are you, you going to? Uh, pardon me? Are you going to do Leadville this year? 
Um, I'm not, you know, last year, as you may recall, it was a big year for me. I put a lot of time into getting that PR and going under eight hours. And it's, it's really hard. Um, people don't appreciate that. Like, oh, you're in such good shape. Go back. You don't understand what went into that. Yeah. So, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm going to take a little break, <laughs> but I will be cheering you on in spirit for sure. Um, and maybe I'll see you at, uh, at Seattle. Well, hopefully I'll see you. And, and if people see you, I, I, I think you're the only person riding around in a wind kit, maybe echo as well. But yeah. There's a few of us, but yeah, if you, if you see me say hi and, um, chances are I'll have a bottle of lube in my back pocket and I'll, I'll hook you up with the, with the wax. <laughs> I love that. All right. Awesome, Ryan. It's great to see you. Uh, you Say hi to Echo, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Cool. Um, Uh, Do you see what I got in the back? Broseph. Yeah. You're supporting the brand. Yeah. Yeah. My race day bag. I was not just any brand, not just any race day bag, the custom one. Yeah. That's the one when you did first a while back. Um, I absolutely love this bag. How old is that one? Because that that one, how long have you had that? It's been a long time. It might be uh, 2018. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You, you love it? Let's hear about it. Yeah, so um, it's got a compartment for everything I need. You know, I think... We have a we have a sprinter van, so you know, it's whether we're going to an event or just going on out of town on a ride. The first thing I do is you know you check the weather, you grab everything you need for the worst case and best case scenario, and then I grab it, put it in a pile, and then I start loading my bag. I throw the the shoes on one side, the helmet in the other. I have my nutrition slot where I put my gel in and like my multi tool, and then you have your your part compartment for your bib and your jersey. And then your arm warmers and leg warmers, and then like your worst case scenario where you just throw like your rain jacket and and beanie and you know worst all the all the 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 bad weather gear. But it's just it's such a peace of mind because we've all been there the night before a race where you're running around in circles trying to figure out like did did I remember to put the gloves in there or you know do I need my hat or like do I have my you know do I have my my pins for my number. You know, this has just been a, a game changer as far as like once it's loaded, I just I know everything's in there that I'm going to need, and then I throw it in the van, and then it's like it's just right there. So yeah, I really can't talk highly enough about the race day bag and how much I use it. This one's this one says road, so I have like you know my oh, roads yeah. my road bag where I'll yeah. you know and it's a little bit different than my mountain bike bag that right. sometimes I'll keep it I'll keep it ready to go and stocked. Um, yeah, a lot yeah. of people do that. I I I, uh, I was surprised that people people buy multiple bags, and they'll have a bag dedicated for road and mountain, typically between those two, or road and gravel or whatever. Because just mainly because the shoes are different, the helmet might be slightly different. But yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Love it. So thanks again for making those. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, looks sunny there. You're gonna head out. Yeah, absolutely. Once you know, once the temperature goes over forty, I'm 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 out there. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down and ride. Uh, I'm riding Victor Sagebush race. Um, but I just love that course. It's so fun down there. Yeah, so. he does such a good job with all the trail maintenance, and yeah, it's and it sounds like you guys are gonna have some hero dirt out there. So have it a great time. Good. Yeah, say say hi to Victor for me.
All right. I'll do that. All right. See you, buddy. Thanks so much. I, that was super okay. fun for me. Yeah, me too. Take care. Okay, bye. Freeze. Look at it. We're going to a delta formation. Somebody's dabbling on the front. Stand back behind the curves. This is the killer threes. And they are going neck to neck. Heads are bobs and knees are back. It looks like unofficially he's going to take a Kenyon Bellows. 7.58, the unofficial winner from team Kenyon Bellows, Ryan Dahl. Congratulations, Ryan Dahl. Hey everybody, these podcasts and vlogs are new for Pedal Industries, so if you're enjoying them, please like and subscribe and share with your friends. Thanks so much. Keep challenging yourself.